This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. The Faceless, the new record in becoming a ghost. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming out December, December, uh, December. Just say first. Let's just say first for now, yeah? Before Christmas, yeah. December 2019, 20, 2019, 2017. Sometime. December 1st, 2017, not 2019. In stores everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's done. Yeah, it's done. It's finished. It's good. It's good for probably December. It's a whole month, you know? We, we're, we gotta pick a day. We gotta pick a day it comes out. Like an actual day. December 1st. In stores everywhere. Is there any, like, wiggle room on this, like, day thing that we keep saying? Because I'm, I'm really, this December 1st is making me nervous, kind of, because it's only, like, six weeks away, eight weeks away. I don't know exactly. What if it does happen, like, I don't know, January 50th? Oh, that's not a day. Mm. The long-awaited masterpiece from Michael Keane and Friends. December 1st. Not January 50th. December 1st. Sumerian Records. All right, December 1st. December 1st is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Commitment. I got no problem committing to things and following through and not canceling. That's never happened with me. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and Petter Spych. And Angelin Shop. I feel just like the just dirty sex trafficked human in the corner. Well because nobody you, talks about me. Well look. We, they we only hear me every we, once in a while. We know we type casted you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know the guy that does our uh, our voice work. You know Dennis. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Huff. Yeah, we'll uh, get him. We'll get you to we'll, say. Your we'll name get it. Eventually. We'll get him to say your name eventually. <laughs> I have one with like my name and Jocelyn's when yeah. Brandon was out, and I want to kind of edit it in because I know that is tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some time. Anyways, so it's cool. I'm here too, guys. Hey, yeah, Jocelyn hey, hey. over here. Metal sucks podcast. She guy. showered. She's ready to party. I am uh, your host, uh, Petra Spite, always joined by to the right. You're right or my right? Well, you. Okay, me. Brandon Hahn. <laughs> Brandon Hahn. <laughs> and, 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 and the non-titled, uh, I guess, sex trafficked person uh, in the corner. Jocelyn yeah. Sharp. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that really? was a little intense. Yeah, the way, when you said it wasn't cute. Yeah. Like, when you said I it can, really I can make the joke. You can't yeah. make the joke. Yeah. Because it's not going to happen to you. Yeah. It's Nobody's a, gonna sex traffic you. I know, Sorry, Pete. I know. You're, no, you're I don't, I, I, that's okay. It's I'm not okay an insult. Not yeah. <laughs> just not good enough. <laughs> you're not gonna make the cut. Sorry. No Albanians are gonna scoop you up. Ah. <laughs> and as far as I know, you're not on AOL chat rooms talking to strangers. No, I'm not. And Liam Neeson is not your dad. Mm. So How do you sick. know? <laughs> you know that's How a good do you point. Know? How do any of I us know? I yeah. didn't. I don't really don't know. So if you heard our free commercial, we did that commercial for free. Promoting the new record by The Faceless in Becoming a Ghost, apparently coming out December 1st. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Not a paid advertisement. <laughs> we are excited about the record because we do like all the Faceless records that they put out in the past, but uh, we, we had to have a little bit of fun with the uh, uh, just the committalment of the committalment. Committalment. <laughs> Okay, I'm hungover. <laughs> and Pete sounds like he's had about seven beers yeah, no already. It's uh, in, 11 a.m. In right the now. commitment of Michael Keenan Company. But we, we believe it's coming out six weeks from now. New record, The Faceless. Excited about it. So, um, yeah, free advertising. Guys, check it out. That's all I'm going to do. So now I don't feel bad about making fun of... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Guys, check it out. That's all, all right, I got. So now I don't feel bad about being a dick. You know? And so when, uh, when we... Uh, 
when we looked at the old metal sucks today, guys, the the top headline, the top story is uh, Marilyn Manson bassist uh, Twiggy Ramirez accused of raping uh, his ex girlfriend, Jack Off Jill vocalist Jessica Adams. Now we've talked about this rape stuff for a lot, dude. It lately. seems like it's, and it's a topic that's never going away. It's just not going away now, and we don't mean any insult to anybody victim-wise, accusation-wise, or anything like that, but we're going to just have to say we've touched base on this yeah. and we're moving forward. Right. Um, and that's no insult, but like I feel like we're going to say the same show and the same opinions over and over yeah. and yeah. over uh, here's, here's, here's basically what happens between the three of us. Here's It's like, rape is bad, but then we just find all these variations that say rape is bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. you have to live in a gray area. Accusing people of rape that didn't rape is bad as well. Yeah. So it's, like, yeah. it's like we're going to go back and forth. Don't and, falsely accuse and don't rape. The end. There you go. What? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right. I think I'm just going to make that a, into a T-shirt. And I think that's what's going to be the thing that sparks real change. I Somebody's mean, like, you no, know. No, bro. A T-shirt won't. A hashtag will. Come yeah, on. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Come on, buddy. Yeah, somebody hashtag. Said, hashtag don't rape. Don't rape. Some guy's like, you know what? I was going to, but thanks, Twitter. <laughs> so. Thanks, Twitter, for keeping me rape free. And every time uh, we do talk about this, there's jokes, which might be bad, too. No. <laughs> so. what, I mean, that's what comedians do is they make light of the dark because it's the only way we know how to emotionally process things. But I guess what it is, though, is it's like when you make jokes about it, it, it but the thing is, though, is we're not making jokes about the actual crime, right. you know what I mean? Or, or the victim. We're making jokes about this whole social justice warrior thing yeah. of going online and just like thinking that like, okay, you you posting a th- three-paragraph essay on Facebook about how not don't rape isn't yeah. going to keep people from raping. And, and I guess... You know, that, like I said, you, you nailed it, is that that's the thing that I think is so much different for us in, in the society is that um, a- a- accusers are now being accused publicly yeah. opposed to privately with police or anything like that or with friends. You mean the accused are being accused? No, the, did I say what I say? Accusers. Okay. What's my commitment here? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I'm getting confused with all the accusers yeah, and accusers. Yeah, you really are off your game today, by the way. <laughs> We're coming to you for the lead. You, you, know, mean, like, you know how off of my game I am? This week we're interviewing Blothar from Guar. <laughs> that should be said at the start of the show. We're five, ten minutes in. That's who our interview is, guys. Guar, Blothar. We get Dope to talk interview. the new record, The Blood of Gods, which is out now and is actually, I mean, you guys probably have it. It's great. And I, I seven ninety nine at Amazon, dude. Again, I'm, yeah. I'm just these these deals that I'm getting from uh, the Amazon for these uh, new CDs. I'm, I buy CDs, but anyways, definitely check it out, guys. We will be interviewing him, and I got two tracks we're gonna be playing off that as well. So back to rape. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were saying back to me off my what, game. What you meant is people are accusing people online. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a different culture where yeah. the act when when people are accusing of something of someone online. You are accusing someone to a public forum and to a to to pretty much get the the uh, maximum gain with the minimum effort to be like this is this person, um, and that's not something culturally that we're really used to. Yeah, you know, but that's what we live with now because there is no rebuttal. The person can be accused, and then they can find out they're being accused. Uh, uh, Three days later, be like, right. oh shit, I'm accused of rape. You know, like, right. what do I do now? And then I you have could also respond. accuse that person and then block them so they can't respond. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and so. Yeah, exactly. You're a rapist. Boop. <laughs> block. Can't say shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, yeah, exactly. So in that age, it doesn't make it less brutal. It doesn't no. make uh, victimization worse. It doesn't make accusations that are false worse. It just makes it a very juicy topic. 
And when things become juicy topics and everybody wants to talk about them some continuously, reason, I don't like juicy saying the word. I don't like saying rape is a juicy topic. Like it's, I don't like the word juicy. Yeah, okay, at all. But how about that? Is a tabloid how about topic? A tantalizing or not? Not tantalizing. tantalizing is so much no, worse. Let's not play yeah. with the adjectives. Let's just let them go. Okay, yeah. just let them go, Gooch. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said you were sex trafficked, Jocelyn. It's all right. You sorry said it first. I said it first. I mean, so let's move on, right? Yeah, next, yeah I mean, like I'm next sorry, story. I'm sorry, Pete said rape was juicy. <laughs> I said it was a topic was <laughs> juicy. In summation, don't rape. Don't falsely accuse of rape. Boom. The end. Next story. The guys from Decapitated got there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> God, dude. <laughs> the bail is set for the vocalists and basses. Moving on. Jesus. How much is the bail? Uh, $100,000, same as the other guys. So it's all, everybody's on $100,000. It sounds, sounds bad. Again, juicy. Juicy, yeah. juicy Boners top. in the mosh pit. God damn it. <laughs> Thank you. I've been waiting to be saved by a boner in a mosh pit. Which could be right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I literally forgot about that. So moving forward, guys, like I said, we're not making light of it, and we're not, you know, Whatever, but we can't just keep saying the same shit over and over right. again. So, and we did, and, for and, about and, and we did minutes. about for nine minutes. And, <laughs> yes. and we're going to be updating the decapitated story. <laughs> we basically yeah. said, we basically said, let's not talk about rape for nine minutes. That's basically what we just. <laughs> In did. between, I did say who we're interviewing this week. <laughs> yeah, who is it, Brandon? Yes, both are from Guar. <laughs> right. So, uh, Megadeth from uh, Dave Mustaine Mega, um, has Lyme disease. Now, I read into this. Um, Lyme disease is something that you can acquire from a tick. Now, um, I guess it makes you very sluggish and all that stuff, and, and you can go to the hospital, but I'm not really too uh, informed on Lyme disease. you guys know anything we're about that? We're not doctors. Yeah. Oh. Um, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Here's what I know about Lyme disease. Great for riffing when you're on the road in the South. People he, love that word. They yeah. think it's funny. Here's what I know about Lyme disease. Is that true? Yeah. Like if I ever need to like riff about a disease and I say Lyme disease, they're like, oh, we have that. That's <laughs> <laughs> us. That's us. That's what we're known for. Because we don't get it out here. You have to have like ticks and stuff in the trees and stuff to get it. Yeah, they, yeah. they jump from deer to deer and like. Uh, no, we don't get nothing out here. It's, uh, people always like. Scorpions. When, when they complain <laughs> yeah. about weather I'm, or, or like bugs. I'm like, yeah, we get like scorpions. Well. Oh, we got we brown have cockroaches, re- brown recluse. I don't, I'm not. I'm not scared of cockroaches. <laughs> uh, cockroaches are disgusting. First okay. of all, but but like brown recluses. I mean, like, if you get bit by uh, one of those, who pronounces it recluse? Recluse. Why? <laughs> recluse. Recluse. Brown recluse. Brown recluse. <laughs> You sound Man. like a malfunctioning speak and spell. Yeah. <laughs> Brown rat clothes. <laughs> like Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Just like. Brown rat clothes. So they must have been in the woods somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he lives in well, I mean, Nashville. I don't know exactly where. Yeah, they yeah. tore. Yeah, yeah so there's, there's like, ticks so. in Tennessee. So he got, I mean. So, but Lyme disease can, um, what, what uh, do you guys, like, you guys it don't just, know anything. It, it can make you lethargic. That's all I know. Can it kill you? I think a hundred years ago it can kill you. AIDS can't even kill you now. Yeah. And it tries. It tries hard. Mm-hmm. But we stop AIDS dead in its tracks. Yeah. Thanks, medicine. Boners in the mosh pit. I just wanted, I'm like looking at him, hit the sounder. Boners in the mosh pit. I'm so glad Papa Coach is gone and that's what's taking over. What are you talking about? Papa Coach. I know I lose. Still there. All right. All right. So next story. Pete's off his game. Rape, Lyme disease. What do we got next, guys? 
Uh, no, no, we're not talking about the gun control thing with uh, staying to Aaron Lewis. We're moving <gasps> past that for sure. But uh, yeah, dude, wow! Like, are we trying to make it the most controversial episode of Metal? Subs? Like, we're dude, just- this is this week's news. Yeah. Yeah, this week's news was real shit, like yeah. for reals. But I'm like, damn, there's just too much that we can riff on. Yeah, it's it's it, not funny. It's constant, man. It's like uh, but that's that's every. That's not like I said. That's not Metal Sucks. That's just the news in every genre of everything going on is serious shit right now. Yeah, that's why you I know, like th- to read the local paper. Yeah, why isn't anybody you know throwing a turd at the audience or something like that? Like, like let's let's make it. You know, light. you know, what? my interview I'm talking my, about something else that we could talk about. My interview last week from the Dillinger Escape Plan. I don't know if you're aware, but Greg, the lead singer, did throw a turd in the audience with the Download Festival years hey. ago. Yeah, is so, that I mean, real? Yeah, it was a real thing. That's dope. <laughs> he, he came out, and I, I think, thought he was joking. <laughs> I, I, okay, I might be joking about the Download Festival. I know it was in, in, in maybe it was Donington, but anyways, it was in the UK. But in like 2002, he came out. He shit in a bag. And then he threw it into the audience. Oh, I wanted him to shit in his hand. Yeah, he threw it. yeah, go straight. That's Simeon. more metal. Straight Simeon. Is that really more metal? Yeah, you don't shit in a bag. That's not metal. You shit in your hand and you yeah, throw it exactly. like an animal. Yeah, like Gigi Allen. Somebody tell us in the uh, in the comment <laughs> section below <laughs> what's more metal: shitting in your hand or in a bag? Because yeah. for me, I'm, I'm gonna get it equal ground. I'm not shitting in your hand is way more metal. It's way more metal to go shit in your hand because because uh, now you're sacrificing yourself. As yeah, long, you're you like know. I don't even give a shit about my own hygiene. Yeah, I don't care about nothing. No, have I'm this nihilist. Bam. I remember his, Anarchy. And if yeah, I remember exactly. his excuse for doing that was like, it's because I was sharing the stage with Puddle of Mud. <laughs> like, oh. And he was mad about like sharing. I'd shit in my hand too if I had to stand <laughs> yeah. on stage in with a Puddle bag. of Mud. Don't give him that credit, Jocelyn. Okay. Yeah. In I, a bag. I, I, I would shit in a bag. He didn't hate it. He didn't hate it enough to <laughs> shit in his own hand. Yeah, if it was Nickelback, yeah. he would have shit in his own But a Badger, guys, if it's your favorite band, oh, I'm going to see Dillinger. And then you get hit in the face with a bag of shit. I don't know if I ever told you guys a story. I saw Blind Melon as, as a fucking kid. I was probably 13 and he peed on the crowd. <gasps> What? Shannon Hoon did, yeah. Were you close? Because you like to be close. Oh I God. was close. Were you wearing your bee costume? <laughs> <laughs> I was close. And he peed on the cloud. Uh, the clown? He peed on the clown. <laughs> peed on the crowd. We're not high, I swear. Yeah, right? <laughs> wow, Pete. And he made a joke to some guy that was mad. He's like, ooh, the man version of me will come out. Do you want to fight him? I'm like, you just peed on him. Yeah, yeah he wants to fight. <laughs> yeah, what? Wasn't he all fucked up on heroin? That's how he died, this right? Was, this was in like, this was on the first. But that's how he died, though, Yeah, right? he died of like a heroin, heroin overdose. Yeah. I think Blind Melon's one of the most underrated bands of all time. I think Soup is one of the great, great records Good. of that time. But anyways, the point is, is that the this was before at, Soup. The best at peeing on people. Yeah, he, he, but, he, <laughs> but I stopped and I thought, I'm like, I'm a if fan. there was a Grammy for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, the dude? Grammy for peeing on an audience member goes to Here we Shannon go. Hood. Here we go. I have a story, right? I was at a Strife concert, hardcore band Strife, right? Okay. Uh-huh. And they were actually opening at the time, I think, for Danzig. So it was at like this, the, the, the hard rock. And, uh, so I'm up front because I'm a big fan of Strife, and the guitar player he spits right in my face. Oh god! Right, damn, and and, dude. He, and he just is playing, and he just he just starts he's spitting on the crowd. Is what he's doing. He hits me in the face, and I'm with this with my lady, and I'm just like infuriated. Oh yeah, and I'm like this son of a bitch just hocked a lo- I mean a loogie right in my face, dude. It hit me right on the I'm forehead. Gonna, I'm gonna barf. Stop, dude. <laughs> I walk to the back, and it's like there's this you're you're like you're boiling inside. You're like, do I have to confront this dude like yeah. at the merch booth? What do I, how and do I tell him? Don't spit in fucking people's faces. I came up front to see your fucking band play. It was during like anger means, dude. That that cycle, and I was just so infuriated. And now imagine if it's shit or piss. Oh, dude! I would lose, if somebody threw a turd at me. I'd catch it and throw it back. 
Wow. She's pretending like it's a grenade in an <laughs> yeah, action movie. Exactly. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I'll save in prior right with that shit. Yeah, you're, you're like you're like Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China I, just catching. I played fast pitch softball. Throwing. I'm quick. <laughs> Pete, did you get the reference? I did. Okay. I got the big tro- little China reference for sure. Um but yeah, so it's like I, I I really urge bands not to do that because you're not going to hit the person that's there for Puddle of Mud. You're going to hit your fan. Yeah, I wonder how how many bands are listening right now. Maybe, you know what? Let's do a PSA next week. Maybe like, they by didn't the way. care because uh, if you if they were like if you like us and Puddle of Mud, we don't like you still. Well, I think I think like I said, I'm, this is like going if you're off. Puddle of Mud too. You already know half the audience hates you anyway, so I can understand them spitting on someone. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you're yeah. going to get my. You're going to get it. We. Yeah, it's like you like if you throw it. It'd be great if he threw a turd at Jocelyn and then he just broke into "She Hates Me." <laughs> <laughs> That's a puddle of mud song, Jocelyn. That's before her time. She's yeah. younger than us. Oh, okay, what? I forgot yeah. that. <laughs> She's like, huh? I was just trying to get the image of having a turd thrown at me yeah, out of my head. Yeah, okay. <sighs> and if I recall the story, guys, like I said, I believe they thought they would never be asked to play a show on that like kind of festival or stage again because they were sharing it with like Hoobastank and Puddle of Mud. So he was just like, "Fuck it, let's just go out in style." So I thought it was amazing. And this is like way back in the day. This is okay. like Miss Machine era or maybe before that it might have been even like before that so anyway so they didn't never thought they would have this career that they're having so but i'll tell you this um uh if there is a band that can shit piss throw blood at them yeah i'll open my mouth and take it willingly it's jesus christ it's guar they're the only band (laughs) (laughs) but it's like you don't know what they're shooting at you but you're gonna be like i you will open your mouth and be like fuck it corn syrup based Yeah, yeah you're hoping yeah, you but they could sneak some shit in there. It's I'm an sure honor. That, yeah, it's an honor, Guar. Wouldn't wouldn't it be a, the greatest inside joke of all time if every time Guar shot shit out at you, there was some urine in there, <laughs> right? or like a little bit of actual blood in the fake blood? Yeah, like a little bit of like, actual the jizz. Crowd in the will fake never jizz. know, but yeah. we're just actually shooting real <laughs> jizz in the yeah. fake jizz, dude. Yeah, it's like when Kiss made that comic book with real with their real blood. Remember that? Oh yeah, remember? Yeah, that would yeah, be like nobody's testing the fake blood. Well, I'll tell you this too. Um, so my wife, when when her and I started dating each other we were probably two months into it two or three months into it and uh i remember it's like on our first date i'm like uh so i'm gonna be going to guar in april this is back when odors was around yeah and uh she's like oh hey me too and i'm like oh that's cool they go yeah they're gonna put me and my sister into she didn't know she was like some kind of like monster and i'm like the maggot they're gonna throw you in the world maggot and so anyways dude they did and they brought her up and it was so funny they just she pretended like she was fighting along with them and stuff and they just threw her in, and they threw her and her sister into the maggot and i'm like that's the one yeah you went and got the ring chick. i was like, like boom yep, yep. When, when, when a girl comes out of the maggot you gotta I'm put like, a ring yep on exactly every kiss begins with k so does kill i literally i i'm like a 13 year old girl at justin bieber concert at a guar concert like oh, it's i i obsess about it for weeks before it comes up i just i want to be there oh, i want to last for like eight hours last time uh and it was like she goes uh she's like yeah there's this song they're singing it's like sick of it or i'm like it's sick of sick of you oh dude Uh, like so anyway that's a man thing to a girl thing girls love the bands as much but we know like every lyric and word and they're just like yeah it's like it's the one that goes yeah yeah we know the melody there's a girl sitting next to me as i generalize your whole culture (laughs) you know you guys are just like real dumb and our brains are real tiny oh god yes you know But you look forward to blood and cum but, and shit. But we're pretty, and I will open my mouth and take Guar's cum and shit Dude, right in it. Right there, like a true soldier, yeah. like a trooper. I've gotten that fake blood in my mouth before. It's sweet. Is it? Yeah, it tastes, uh, it tastes like like movie, bo- movie we, blood. Uh, yeah, we, we have shirts, like the white shirts from all the Guar concerts we go to, and it's like they're just pink and 
yeah. blue and purple and and I mean that's they they just look like uh, old hyper color shirts. If yeah, you remember those? Yeah, yeah. And it's like so every time Guar comes, it's like by you, tie dye. You, yeah, you roll in there in your white shirt with the tie dye, and then uh, people look at you like like. Like you look like a fool. Like, why aren't you wearing a black black t shirt? No, no, this is my gua shirt. But people don't do that anymore. And then the greatest thing ever is like when you leave a venue in Vegas, you're walking through a casino, and they're like, oh, and you yeah. ha- you are guar. You have all this <laughs> shit on. You look like you just uh, lost a double dare, and you're walking through a casino. Yeah. You're supposed and, to have a guar shirt, and people are gambling. And be like, what the fuck is what is that guy? Call security, right? And it's like it's like everybody else is walking with you, so you're safe. But I remember getting kicked out of a show one time. Um, at a Guar show, I got thrown out, and I had to walk through the casino alone. Why'd you get kicked out? Dude, I had a, a Guinness, um, a beer, and it was, uh, I had an In Flames curse for a long time, where every time In Flames played, I somehow got kicked out before they came on stage. This was like six shows in a row. Why did you keep buying tickets? So, no, and this <laughs> no, was, this was a sound out? of an underground show. No, that's what I'm, this is, I'm telling you about the In Flames curse. Okay. Pay attention. Please. Pay attention. So, In Flames was playing after Guar, the sounds of an underground show at the time. And so, um, when you bought a Guinness, they gave you the actual can of beer. It wasn't like they oh, poured yeah. it in a bottle. So I bought a Guinness, and I'm in the mosh pit during the Guar, Guar show, and they're shooting out the stuff. And so I slip, obviously, because they're shooting shit out. I fall down. My beer falls down. Some 13-year-old kid sees it. He runs over, grabs my beer, starts chugging it, and they throw me out for serving my beer to a minor. Oh. And I was like, I fell. You saw it, dude. And, I mean, they grabbed me. Like, like when those security guards grab you and take you out, they took the kid out, too, and the kid was cool. He was like, yeah, I just saw it, and I grabbed it. He didn't give it to me. You guys are being dicks. Like, he was cool about it, but they didn't let me back in. Oh. Yeah, um, and so I had to walk through the um, walk machine. Any- Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I I had a well, I have a my guar shirt is a guar shirt shirt. Yeah. It's a white guar shirt that says blood is yummy. Yeah. And so I walk around with that on after and I have all the fake blood on it. And I was in downtown Reno and I went to go eat and they were like, you can't be in here with blood all over your shirt. And I was like, it's not real blood. And they're like, it says it on your shirt. And I was like, it's not real blood. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the story of metalheads everywhere where people take us literal. And we're like, "Uh let's be literal on everything guys. Yeah. Cause there's no comedy to metal. So anyways, uh, speaking of, uh, let's, let's speak of another metal blade band guys coming out this November 3rd. Do not miss it. It's uh, two weeks away about man. Oof. I'm so excited. New Cannibal Corpse record guy. Cannibal Corpse, they return with their latest Red Before Black. It is produced by Eric Rutan. Uh, Red Before Black once more raises the stakes, proving that the soon-to-be 30-year death metal veterans are still unstoppable. Catch them on tour this fall along with Power Trip and Gate Creeper. And make sure, guys, if you haven't yet, pre-order the, that album. Get tour dates at metalblade.com slash cannibalcorpse. Once again, metalblade.com slash cannibalcorpse. November 3rd. And with that being said, guys, we're going to jump right into my interview with Blothar from the Mighty Guar. Let's go right now. Boners in the mosh pit. God damn it. <laughs> this is Peter with the Metal Sucks Podcast. I have Blothar of the Mighty Guar on the phone with us here today. Um, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, you know. It's a great day here in, uh, I don't know, paradise but it's richmond virginia was sort of home away from its antarctica home away from outer space home nice so blood of the gods coming out october 20th guys on the metal blade records here um it is your first record taking the microphone how did you conquer all the others to get this coveted spot from odorous 
Well, it's 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 the blood of gods. That's that's the title. Just to clarify on that, but it's um, it is a, uh, you know, I mean, yes, it's the first one without odorous. I mean, it didn't really uh, didn't have to conquer anyone. You know, I was sort of uh, asleep in in my in the Antarctic tombs of war. Uh, one minute and the next minute, I know, you know, next thing I know, I just walk on stage. Uh, I, I just wake up at the barbecue, you know, um, I, I was ha- happily sort of dreaming and the next minute there I am, but I didn't really have to conquer too many people. I mean, war likes to promote from within. So, uh, you know, I, uh, having, having sang for war in the past in various incarnations, um, just made sense for me to, uh, take over again. Excellent. So, uh, first single you guys did release a little while back was uh, "Fuck This Place." Uh, this song right. is an ode to Oris. Uh Tell us about that song and what message you were going for. Well, you know, I mean, the world is just a—it's a diminished place without Odorous. You know, it's not—it's not as fun. It's not as there's not as much fun and light and happiness and filth in the world. Uh, and uh, you know, so it's kind of are looking at, at the world and saying, you know what, fuck this place. I mean, <laughs> without odorous, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to get used to, uh, to a world without that guy. So, um, in that way, it's a tribute to odorous. Um, there's another tribute. I mean, it's not the actual ode to odorous that's on the, that, that, uh, on the new is on the album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's another one. It's just it just so happens that like, you know, we mention Odorous during it, and we uh, uh, we weren't playing the other song. Like the other song wasn't in the set. So, um, but this place was the song that we used to kind of take a moment and pay tribute to Odorous. But like, in fact, the song that is a tribute to Odorous is called Phantom Limb. Mm. It's on the new album, and uh, you know it's. I guess I don't know if you have an advanced copy or I not, do, but yes. it's uh, yeah. So that that's the one that uh, that's the uh, the tribute to Odorous and fuck this place. All the songs, I mean, the whole album is in a way. So it was easy to sort of um, cross that over a little bit. I'm walking past my uh, room of ten thousand screaming children right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. In case you hear it in the background, it only sounds like about twenty-five. So you're doing a good job yeah. of keeping them keeping them quiet right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I did I did get a copy of the album Blood of Gods, um, and uh, Phantom Limb is the last track before. I mean, we got there's an ACDC cover after I believe. Right. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a it's a great a great track a great album. Um, you guys definitely uh, there's some catchy stuff on there. Like there's a track called Viking Death Machine, and it's as catchy as like a Foo Fighters song. You guys really like kind of get this really groovy riff going in there, and uh, you did. Yeah. There is a a, a big. Uh, it, it's it's still it's still guar very much, but there's like you can tell that there was a lot of time taken in for all these tracks to kind of like stick with the listener, you know, on this record. Um, and uh, how much time did it take you guys to actually complete and write this record? Well, I mean, I want to go ahead and say that, like, it took every minute of the three or four, I think it was three years of uh, to, to write the record. I mean, like, you know, that really, um, 
even though we weren't actively writing during that time, like it, it kind of both took three years and about three months. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, with the most intense work was done really in the last couple of months before the record was written. Um, but there was uh, for sure some, uh, you know, like it, it just took a long time to kind of figure out how the band was going to work together, how the band was going to um, uh, gonna, how, how we were going to manage to, to, to write songs again. You know, like yeah. it, it was just giant hole in the middle of everything. Like, uh, you know, so we had to find a way to work. And was it very collaborative writing this record opposed to, um, you know, when Odorous was around? Was it more of a, an effort where, or did someone kind of like take a lead on this uh, when it came to the musical part of it all? Well, I mean, um, it was a lot more collaborative. Um, but, I mean, musically, the band had has taken some interesting turns. Like, you know, it was more like... Uh, you know the 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 record that we did before this one, um, where uh, Corey Flatus Maximus, excuse me, yeah. had uh, you know in his absence, like they had to sort of uh, find it find a new way to write there. Um, but you know it, it had he had kind of worked his way into into the band, and and there was uh, he was writing well with Paul Sack. And uh, and Mac and, and Beefcake, um, but uh, you know, so Pustulus was new on that record. Um, I think you know Pustulus wrote a lot more from musical stuff on this album. Um, but you know, really, what I've been telling people is that you know, with Guar has always been an intensely collaborative effort, and the people who are in the band understand it in a way that people who are not in the band simply don't. And even people from Richmond who are close to the band understand it this way. Um, Guar has had a lot of singers. People don't know that. <laughs> like, Odorous was not... when The first time I saw Guar, Odorous was not the singer. Um, and that was in 1985. And, uh, you know, so for us, like... There was, of course, like the long period where Odorous was the central focus of the band, and and I think over time he became more and more the central focus of the band. Like after after this Toilet Earth, pretty much onward from that. Um, and the thing about it is that nothing ever really changed. Like all of the there was a ton of people who were involved in creating. Uh, the shows and the costumes and the music and the storylines and the, and, you know, just the general concept and all that work, you know, those people were always there and they didn't, they were kind of in the shadows, um, which was fine. And, uh, you know, this time around they had to sort of be forced into the light, <laughs> you know, their efforts, they did. I mean, their efforts mattered a lot more because, um, there wasn't, you know, Odorous, Odorous was the face of the band and he was the voice of the band and he had, uh, 
you know, he could sort of, they could, you know, we could trust him to marshal all of the uh, sort of creative energy to make everything uh, walk. And, you know, so I think what surprises people the most, and I think what will surprise them the most about this album is that it's still a Guar record. And when you go see a show, it's still a Guar show. Um, and, you know, we're proud of that. I mean, but, but it's unsurprising to us because, like I said, you know, having been there for the long haul and seen the band in 1985 and, uh, you know, for a lot of people in Richmond, Guar in 1988 was not Guar because the membership had changed so much. You know, it's like, um, and it's just, it's all a matter of perspective, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a much more collaborative effort. Um, and, well, it, excuse me, it's not much more collaborative effort. It's just that the people, the work was spread out. Um, and the fact that it's always been collaborative, like, sort of comes out more now in the absence of others. And, it, it, and you know, like you, I, I said, I did get the uh, advanced copy. I got to hear it. It's got all the things we want from from the Guar record. It's got the it's got the little thrash. It's got some punk in there. It's got the the long kind of you know good tunes like the opening track. War on Guar is like, oh, you're bringing me right in. So it's it's exactly what you're saying. It's a Guar record. It's kind of the one that I think uh, a lot of fans are going to be like, this is exactly what we needed right now. Um, you know, with oh, everything that's going so. on. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it really is. And then uh, the last time I got to see you guys, um, you played out here. I'm in Vegas. You played out here at the Warp Tour, and you were outside, and um, it was like 110 degrees. And so I was thinking about that. You guys are touring across, playing, you know, not long sets, I guess, at the Warp Tour. Everybody's got to kind of get a short set. But how often did you guys pass out performing in 100-degree weather during that tour? Uh, well, Ballsack had some trouble at one point. Um but, you know, by and large, I mean, we, we got through that. You know, Guar's used to playing in hot places. Not like nightclubs are cool or anything, you know, oh, especially during the Guar show. So it's like, you know, and we do have ice packs that we wear. Um, a lot of the shows, though, um, like Beefcake stopped wearing his because uh, it, they just melt right away, you know. So, um there's uh we we we're trying to improve on that technology find something that'll maintain its temperature for longer but um you know that helped uh, a lot and uh and the fact also that, that it was really only about a 25 minute set yeah know, well, like sure. I mean, yeah yeah we went out there and we did seven minutes and you know we can pretty much do seven minutes standing on our head you know the only reason ball sack had had some trouble was because that he wasn't uh, feeling well to begin with, so, um, you know, but most, yeah, anyway, that's, that's definitely a factor, man. I can't imagine, like, because you guys have to, because of what the Guar machine is, you guys seem like you have to work just a little bit harder on everything, you know, in order to get that show oh, yeah. across. Yeah, but besides any other band, yeah. you know, you guys have... Um, so much more to it. And the expectation is that too, from us fans, you know, we're like, no, Guar's going to come out. They're going to do their thing. And then we're going to see all these other, you know, so it's like, you're always the special act. So with something like a Vans Warped Tour, uh, where you have a lot of younger 
crowds and, and a lot of, I mean, just the chaos that, that, that thing seems to be like, um, do you feel that, that that's a, a tour that you guys benefit a lot from, or is it kind of like you oh, can't yeah. tell? Oh, you do think so? No, no, I, there's no question that we benefited from it. I mean, the, the pre-sale for the, for the tour demonstrates that we, that we benefited from it. Um, it's, uh, you know, it was a, uh, a chance, you know, I mean, the Guar has always been a band that like, I mean, they just need to be in front of people. And then the people by and large will be like, you know, there's going to be some converts, you know, because it's, especially if it's the first time you've ever seen the band. And that's the other thing that people don't realize. And and a lot of our fans are like, you hear them say things like, you know, I feel so sorry for these kids. You know, they only, they never knew Guar was this. But yeah, well, it's true. I mean, you know, but we also never knew ACDC with Bon Scott, really, a lot of us. You know, it's like, um, there's, uh, you know, uh, it just, I mean, it, it's a different thing, but like, but it still has a, a, a serious impact. Um, and there were, and basically what we were doing on that whole tour is we were exposing ourselves <laughs> to a generation of fans who had never seen the band. And, you know, so every time we would play, you know, there'd be a ton of people in the audience and they all wanted to see us and we were a strong draw. And, you know, they went around and they talked about it. They, they talked about what they saw. And, uh, you know, so there's no question that, uh, that Warped Tour benefited us. Exposing ourselves to children always has a tremendous benefit. That that sentence could be taken out of context right there. <laughs> oh, of course, yes, it could. I, I didn't. I didn't even realize that you could understand that some some other way. Yeah, yes, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut it up where it's like I'm going to ask some inappropriate question and be like, you know, oh, just kidding. But uh, no, uh, do it, do it, do it. No. <laughs> Speaking of like the children, it is a different culture. Like you know, we're we're of an older generation. It's a much more PC culture. So uh, with Guar, the Edge, you know, the show, everything you guys do. Um, Always is going to bring a little bit of controversy. Always is going to get some stuff twisted up. Uh, during the Warp Tour, you did get some some scruff for uh, a comment you guys made about Chester Bennington's passing. Um, I mean, how did how, how, did you guys uh, did that reflect negatively to you in a way, or was it like you guys are just missing out on the show? This is Guar. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> It's hard to explain. I guess no, it's, like, it, 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 you know, there, there's, Pustulus made that comment. Um, okay, and when, he, yeah, yeah, it was Pustulus. It wasn't me, but it was Pustulus. Um, but, you know, I mean, what he said was, you know, suicide is no joke, but Lincoln Park is, right? You know, I mean, he didn't really say anything about, about Chester Bennington. I mean, basically he said, you know, somebody died. That's unfortunate. But the music. <laughs> you know, and suicide is a serious thing. Uh, he acknowledged that, but then he said, but Lincoln Park, you know, is, is a joke, right? I mean, and I think he would probably stand by that comment. <laughs> you know, I don't know for sure, because like I said, I didn't say it, but that's, um, you know, I mean, people took it as making light of suicide, and 
in that way, yes, you're right. That is a silly thing for Guar to be surprised at, you know, for Guar. And certainly some of the comments that people were making afterwards, like, you know, it is true that, like, this is a generation of young people who might be limiting themselves by uh, this, by, you know, trying to sort of wrap this protective bubble around their, uh, around their inner beings and around, you know, the, the, this idea of sort of, of being safe means never hearing anything negative, right? Like, um, or, or even anything that, that goes against what you believe even at the moment. And, and it has, and it's very unfortunate because I remember listening to, you know, humans squabble back and forth about, you know, things being politically correct back in the day. And I remember thinking, well, politically correct, how can that be wrong? Right. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and you sort of want to, uh, support people who, uh, who, whose identity, uh, leads them to have trouble in the world. You know, um, nobody, uh, you know, Guar, no one can relate to that more than Guar, right? You know, Guar is, uh, Guar is a band for losers. It's a band of losers. Make no mistake. This is a band of, 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 uh, you know, goofy D and D comic book, uh, you know, uh, geeks like the, you know, that's the sort of disaffected, these are the people that love this band and these are the people who identify with what we're doing. Um, and, uh, you know, and Guar has always championed that in a way. Guar, nothing is, is more uncool than Guar, right? You know, it's not like, it's not like we hang out backstage with all the members of the cool metal bands and we, and we fit in, right? You know, we're space aliens. We don't fit in. So, you know, Guar is a band of outsiders. It's always been a band of outsiders. It's been a band that, from the beginning, and I've mentioned this before, talks about serious issues that other people aren't talking about and does so in a way that adds both levity and depth to these issues. And now, unfortunately, it does begin to look like we live in a world where like, you know, over and over, the, the sort of conservative people would say, well, we're going to get to this time, this period where we can't say anything. And I would always say to myself, well, no, you're wrong about that. That's not going to happen. It's just that you're trying to just sort of squash these people. You know, you know, you actually have bad intentions. And it begins to look like they may have been right to some degree about that, that, um, you know, that, that this generation does limit itself. Um, or the world now, maybe it's not a generational thing. Maybe it's just the way things are in this country right now, this cultural moment. Um, it does begin to seem that people are, uh, they run the risk of squashing freedom of expression uh, in the name of this kind of, what what only I mean to me like all of the comments that people made about about Chester Bennington it just seems sanctimonious it's like mm-hmm. uh, you know it doesn't seem like I mean you know you, the one serious thing that you could say is that uh, you know Guar making light of suicide right uh, which I don't think Guar would ever do that like not really you know not uh, not on in our stage show you know Guar Guar wouldn't be 
remotely concerned with suicide. You know, Gore is trying to bring about the destruction of the of the human race. Um, you know, but but what I think is that Gore has done a lot more in the long run to support the emotional health and life of people who identify as outsiders and struggle uh, in their day-to-day world um, by providing entertainment and a sort of a place. I mean, you know, uh, many, many times people have told me this war has, uh, you know, ironically saved their lives, right? It's given a place for them to go, to get away from whatever sort of misery they're in. And there's a lot of fucking misery in the world. And, you know, in that way, I've always felt extremely fortunate to be, and proud to be a part of Guar because I think it does do that. I think it does provide people uh, some safety, some respite. Um, you know, so it's kind of ironic that they would come after us for that. But I understand it. I understand why. And, and um, you nailed it, though. And, and a lot of times what I think the new generations or even the world right now is that they're not looking at they're looking at the print word, but they're not looking at the context. You know, we're a society that talks a lot more in text and in emails. But it's like, who said that? A guy with udders that are shooting blood right now to a crowd. You know what I'm saying? Like the context, like you have to take the whole picture and the whole experience, if that makes sense. You know, like um, like sarcasm is not yeah. something that you can see in a text message, but yet people still text sarcastic things. Um, and then right. another thing that I find really damaging for us as a culture is uh, the, uh, like, bully, being a bully is obviously something that's not popular. You know, we all grew up with bullies. They're still around. But it seems like people are more so, um, I don't know what, the, what, what I'm looking for, the word I'm looking for, but their attacks are more... Um, like, you know, a blade, to call someone like blatantly like a racist or like a Nazi or something very ugly and, and demeaning is a is a more of a bully tactic and more of a to, 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 you know, have to defend something like that out of context is extremely hard for any individual. And I, I see that yeah. more and more when it's like, no, they're, you know, um, Nazis technically are extinct. Maybe we're talking about neo-Nazis or some other crowd, but like to point your finger and call somebody that, you're, it's, it's extremely damaging to them, to everybody else. Now, if that's what they are, that's cool, but I see it used out of context more than I see it used in proper context. Does, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, 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 and I agree 100%. And that's where, like, to be edgy, you have to be worried about those labels now. And that's what I hate. You're like, you know, if you call so-and-so, and of course we're not going to talk about obvious things, but like if you call so-and-so a racist because they made some sort of stupid context uh, out of, you know, on stage or whatever like the case may be, that's a horrible label to have. It's a label we none of us want to have. It's a label that none of us want to even explain or defend, you know, because if you're not that, you are not that yet. I see it more and more what people have to. And so um, going back to the comment, like the Chester Bennington, then that's what it was. It's like people took it out of context. They're not seeing where it was said, um, who's saying it, you know, what they're wearing, what the point of the show is like all those things used to be taken into context, but now it's, it's just the the phrase, right? How do you combat that? You know, does that make you kind of like, all right, let me make sure I don't say certain things on stage now. I mean, cause that's not no, something from no. Guar. Yeah. We don't want to hear that from Guar, obviously, but like, yeah. So you're just, no, there I'm, is no, no effect to you guys. 
Not at all. I mean, if anything, like, you know, what's become like a kind of co- correlative to that. Um, and maybe, maybe this is actually the cause of that is that, you know, if anything, it's become more and more difficult for Guar to shock people because the world, humanity, you know, human beings have, 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 have become so just dissipated, you know, <laughs> and yeah. violent and, and awful. And, you know, the things that Guar used to do that were outrageous, you know, chopping off someone's head, um, you can see that on television. You can see it on a news program. You know, there is like violent dismemberment and, you know, women, you know, being enslaved. Uh, you know, these things happen for real. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, people are sort of, they've grown accustomed to it in a very saddening way. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, it's like, for us, it's like Guar has done our job too well. You know, humanity, the children have surpassed the master. And that's actually one of part of the theme of this record is that, um, you know, Guar's effort to keep up, you know. So it's kind of this weird double bind. Like, on one hand, you have Guar has become, uh, the things we do have become commonplace and it's more and more difficult to shock. And on the other hand, you have uh, the idea that, like, Guar's... Uh, Guar for a long time was able to get away with doing outrageous things, partly because I think people knew and always know that there's an element of satire and that uh, an unreality to what we do, um, and and so we were able to fly under the radar. But uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to last. But we're not going to change what we do because of it. Um, I think you're grandfathered in where you're okay. Like you can decapitate every president ever because you've been doing it for years, you know, where someone like, you know, Kathy Griffin does one picture and it's over and then she blames you guys. <laughs> but the point is, is like, you guys can do it. You're grandfathered in. You can be like, I've been doing this since 1984, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is, is there, um, is there yeah. grandfather in laws for uh, shock? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, she might have, there may be some validity to the claims that her, uh, that her management and, and her were claiming that like, uh, you know, these bands or these outrageous things, um, you know, they, they wanted to say that it was a kind of gender discrimination. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I have, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that that's what's going on. <laughs> It seems a little far-fetched to me, uh, you know, so, uh, um, but, uh, you know, it, it because, I mean, I, I just think that, like, the reason that it, that it passes or that people are able to do it, I, I actually don't think that people reacted to it any more harshly than they do uh, other things, you know, but I, I will say this, that, like, you're, I mean, in a way, it's true. I don't know, I, I don't know how to react, like, you know, because Guar... We have caught a, a lot of flack for killing Trump now, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, people do say, well, what are your politics? And, and even Guar fans are like, you know, well, we're like, you know, you know, they, they talk about like, I don't know. It's just the, the world is just fucking gross now. And, you know, yeah, it's like Guar has killed every president. But then again, like you have to explain that because people don't pay attention. You know, it's like. Um, but 
you know, like Guar does not, I mean, Guar's not, if anything, Guar aligns itself with Donald Trump and with the leader of North Korea, right? Because they're both hilarious ding dongs, like, you know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's not like we want to be, that's what El Presidente is a way, like, people keep thinking that it's a negative Trump song, but really it's more like, uh, you know, sort of imagining what would happen. At least it, it's not even in the lyrics, but, but what, what, what I was thinking of with the song is like, what would happen if Guar actually were in charge of everything, right? Uh, Guar would probably do the same shit that Trump does. It's like, you know, what? I'm not snorting cocaine off of titties anymore. This sucks, you know? <laughs> I don't want to sit here and try to reform health care. <laughs> I've, I've got golf to play. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's uh, no, that, that's a that's a good point though. It's like, yeah, some like, and you can't escape the politics now, and that's something that bothers me. You know, as a person that doesn't want to have to check in every single day with the politics, man. <laughs> like, I don't. You know, I don't. I I I just want to kind of follow things at my own pace, but like, it's almost impossible to even like turn on like like we we're talking about you know, football even, it's like, it's almost impossible not to get it involved in like every aspect of what we do now because of how our culture is, you know? And that's, yeah. that's why I want to, you know, I want to go to more Guar shows or more something like that to get that stuff away uh, and just have humor, fun, all that stuff, you know? And uh, in a lot of ways, Guar has always been, in, in a lot of ways, there is a comedy element to them, you know? There is a, uh, a whole thing where it's like, you're gonna laugh. You're gonna, there's going to be jokes. There's going to be all these things. And uh, that's another job. I don't know how people do these days. It's like stand-up comedy. I I, I don't even know. They, they have some sort of movement right now of like that PC comedy. And it's, I, I don't even know what that is. There's no jokes, you know. But that's popular now. N- offending no one while telling jokes makes no sense to me. Uh, everybody, The okay. Blood of Gods comes out October 20th uh i want to thank you so much blothar for giving us a call here at the metal sucks podcast no problem man my pleasure all right thanks very much dude
the Metal Sucks Podcast. talking to him man so the songs you heard is off the new record guide the blood of gods it is out now right now make sure if you don't have it already you do pick that up the first song was el presidente and the second song you got to check out the video for this second song it is on metalsucks.net i'll be your monster um and that is gonna do it for this week guys man we are kind of all over the place yeah because we didn't want to be serious and we had to be serious and then we didn't want to be serious again. And then we didn't want to be serious again. And then Guar. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, the Moners and the Mosh Pit thing, you know what it's like? It's like having two older brothers that constantly have a tape recorder on you. What are you talking about? 
Like, don't do it. I see your fingers. What? What? I can see. What he you're might. Doing. He might be doing a pop a coach. I might be doing a pop a coach. He might be doing a stand your ground. Yeah. I, you never see, know. that's the thing. You it's never like, know. <laughs> you forget you never that know. the two people that make fun of you the most have all the things you say recorded. I know. <laughs> and we did bring you on for this. Yeah. Exactly. We just knew. We're just like, all right. Look, we need. We need. We need a woman to balance us out. Yeah. We're and pretending. one that we can one with, mentally abuse. One with no filter. <laughs> one with just no filter. And, and earlier we blamed Dennis Huff for not putting your name in the open, but that's really us not, not doing it on purpose because <laughs> we think it's funny. <laughs> All, right, All right. That's it, guys. Until next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I want to thank Amanda from Tucson. Your five-star review on the Metal Sucks hey. on iTunes was awesome. You're the best. You support us in everything. We love you, Amanda from Tucson. And uh, that is it, guys. Next week, we'll talk to you soon. Boners in the mosh pit. Mother. <laughs> the Metal Sucks podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.